All right, let's open up our Bibles, please, to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. I want to read verses 19 through 21 here tonight. Colossians, chapter 3, verses 18, I'm sorry, yeah, verses 18 through 21. And before we read the scriptures, I want to pray and ask for God's blessing on the reading of his word here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we hold your word in the highest esteem and honor. We are so grateful that you have provided us in these very dark days with your word that gives us light and clarity and direction and truth in spite of our culture, in spite of what other people's attitudes or opinions are. Nothing matters. The only thing that really matters is the truth that is found in your word. And we thankful, we're thankful that we can read it here tonight. We ask you to anoint it, give it life. And Lord, I pray for myself that you will also help me to share the word of God here with my brothers and sisters that are present here at church and with those watching on social media, Lord. Bless and anoint with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let me read this section of scripture for you. Again, I'm reading out of the NIV. And it says this in Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. It says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Verse 21, fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. So we've been looking at this particular section of scripture and this section of scripture focuses on teaching us uh, the responsibilities of each member of the family. In verse 18, we discussed the responsibilities of the wife. In verse 19, we discussed the responsibilities of the husband. Last week, we focused on verse 20, which focused on the responsibility of children in a Christian family. We can't do anything about those outside of our doors, out in our neighborhoods that do not fear the Lord, that do not believe in God, don't go to church, don't believe in the Bible. They're kind of on their own, trying to deal with things as best as they can. But there are specific directions given to us as children of God with Christian families as far as the roles that everyone is to play. Now, some of the things that we discuss about children is that they are to obey their parents in everything. This is what it tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So when children obey their parents, this pleases God. Children, if you want to please God, if you want to make God happy, if you want to experience God's favor and blessing in your life, then you need to obey your parents. Kids, I can't stress to you enough. You need God to be on your side. You need God to be with you, not against you. You don't want him as your enemy. You want God to be your friend. And one of the things that he wants you to do as kids is to obey your parents. The truth is, though, if we can be honest and have the courage to be honest, sometimes it's hard to obey our parents. Just like sometimes it will be hard for wives to submit to their husbands, just like sometimes it would be hard, it will be hard for husbands to love their wives and not be harsh with them. Sometimes it's going to be hard for you as children to obey your parents. 
And that's why in any case, whether you're a wife or a husband or a child, when things get hard, you need to cry out to God. God is on our side. He is with us and he desires to for us to call on him and to cry out to him so that he can help us to obey and to honor his word. At times, it's going to be hard for you to obey your parents. Why? Because sometimes your parents may seem out of touch with your reality. Sometimes they, your parents may seem disconnected or unable to relate to your world or to your life or to your heart. They may be lacking an understanding or support. They may seem like they're too busy or they may seem disinterested in your issues and your life or not give it importance or like they are. They may, it may even seem like they're against you sometimes and intentionally want to make your life miserable. Yet the Bible instructs you who are children to obey your parents. This same instruction we learned is found in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. Listen to what it says here in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This section of scripture gives us a little bit more information than it did in Colossians. In verse one, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord means that as long as your parents are telling you to do things that are right, and that are of God, then you have to obey them. But if your parents tell you to do something that is not right, or that is not of God, then God actually says to you, you don't have to obey them. Why? For example, if your parents tell you to go into a store and steal something for them, you don't have to obey your parents then, because they are asking you to, asking you to do something that is against the law, and that is against God, because stealing is a sin. So if your parents are telling you to do something that is sinful or that is against God, then you don't have to submit to it or honor it or obey it. In verse 1, it tells us that when children obey their parents, it not only pleases God, which is what it says in Colossians 3.20, but Ephesians 6.1 tells us that children obeying their parents is what is right as long as it is of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it adds more details. It says, honor your father and mother. In verse 1, it says to obey your father and mother and your parents. But now in verse 2, it says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What is the definition of the word honor? It means to hold in high respect or to hold with great esteem. We need to honor our parents. Verse 2 tells us that obeying our parents and honoring our parents is a commandment. Let me read verse 2 again of Ephesians chapter 6. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment. It's a commandment with a promise. Commandment means it's not optional choice. It's not if you feel like it. It's not if it's convenient. No, it is a commandment. As long as your parents are telling you to do things that are right and that are of God, you need to obey them. You need to honor them. You need to respect them. You need to esteem them. That's what the Bible is teaching us here, to honor them. And what is interesting about this is that when we obey and honor our parents, not only does this please God, not only does this, is it right before God, but the Bible tells us that God will do something for us. Again, we want God on our side. We want God with us. God makes a promise to us and he says, 
as hard as it can be sometimes to obey your parents, as hard as it can be and challenging as it could be to honor them and to, and to obey them. Listen, Ephesians 6, 3 says that if we do, it says, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. First, God tells us that if we honor and obey our parents, it's, God says that things, life will go well with us. I have to believe that all of you that are listening right now, whether you're in church or on the media, I have to believe that you want things to go good in your life. You don't want things to go bad. You don't want things to get all messed up. You don't want things to fall apart. No, you want things to go good. And if you want things to go good, God says, I'll allow them to go good when you do what I command you to do concerning your parents. The second thing that God says here, he tells us that when we honor and obey our parents, we will enjoy long life on the earth. That word enjoy is very important because it's miserable if you have a long life, but you're not enjoying it. Everything's all messed up. Everything is all wrong. But God says he will give you long life and you will enjoy your life. You'll have joy in your life. So these are two great promises. These are two great reasons to resist arguing and fighting with our parents. These are two great reasons as to why we should not give our parents a hard time. These are two great reasons as to why we should not disrespect or talk back to or give our parents a bad attitude. This is this is why we should not be mean to our parents or rude to our parents. And believe me, sadly, I've seen kids be very rude to their parents, be very mean to their parents, curse their parents out, be very disrespectful. And that is totally against God's will. God tells us that if we obey and honor our parents, things will go well with us and we will have long life on the earth. Parents, you and I, we must partner with the church to raise our children and teach our children the ways of God. Proverbs 22, 6 says this. Train up a child in the way he should go. This is a New King James Version. New King James Version. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is the NIV. Same scripture, Proverbs 22, 6. In the NIV, New International Version, it says, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. I want to read it now out of the New Living Translation. Same verse, Proverbs 22, 6. New Living Translation says this, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Parents, we need to partner together, the parents and the church, the family and the church, to train our kids in the ways of God. The school system used to partner with the church to teach our children about God and to live a life that honors God and His Word. But sadly, we learned last week that today our kids are not going to be motivated to follow God at their public schools. Our children are not going to be motivated to follow God with secular music. Our kids are not going to be motivated to follow God through the television programs or the movie theaters that we're seeing, the movies at the movie theaters. Our children are not going to be motivated to follow God with their worldly friends or peers. So many kids out there, they do not go to church. They do not read the Bible. They don't believe in God. They have no knowledge of God. They have no interest in God. They weren't raised up by godly parents. And our kids have to intermingle with these kids. And believe me, they're not going to pick up on God from them. 
So it's going to be up to the parents and the church to partner together, to do all that we can to train and to teach our children about God. And this is very challenging today because our culture is becoming more and more anti-God or anti-Christ and anti-Bible. And yet we have to push our agenda against all of that culture. So now let's get to Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. Colossians 3, 21 says this. In the NIV, it says, Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. New King James says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Good news translation. Parents, when the Bible actually says fathers, it means both mom and dad. Parents, do not irritate your children, or they will become discouraged. New Living Translation, same verse. Fathers or parents, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. No matter what version you use, there's a danger of our kids being discouraged if we don't handle things correctly. Remember, last week we shared with you that it's up to us at home and at church to do what we can to teach our kids about God, to reveal the reality of God to our children, to demonstrate our commitment to God through our example by mentoring, actually mentoring what it looks like to be a Christian or a follower of Jesus. Our kids need to see us praying. Our kids need to see us reading the Bible. Our kids need to see that church is a priority in our lives. Our kids need to see that we are striving to live a godly life at home by the way we talk, and by the way we treat one another. If you expect your kids not to curse or use bad language, then guess what? We as parents better not be using bad language out in the streets or in our home. If we expect our kids not to drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes or smoke dope, then guess what? We as parents better not be drinking alcohol or smoking cigarettes or shooting up dope. If we want our kids to go to church and love Jesus, then guess what? We as parents better make sure that going to church and Loving Jesus is a priority in our lives. You parents, you got to get back to going to church. If you're out of the habit, if you're getting lazy, if you're using excuses, you got to get back to going to church, get into the rhythm of of walking with the Lord, worshiping with the Lord, getting together with the body of Christ. Stop using excuses. Get back into church. Why? Because your children's lives are at stake. It should be a priority. Something that is important to you. And believe me, if it's not important to you, your kids are going to pick up on it. And then later on, when they get older and they don't want to go to church, you better point the finger at you. Because it's your responsibility. And you're not partnering with the church to help raise your kids. No one else is going to do it. You have to do it. Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Now, Out of all the verses that we've talked to concerning the wives and the husbands and everything else and the whole family structure, this verse is probably the most difficult to define or explain or to navigate because every child is different. Every child is unique. Every child has to be handled specifically and in a a special way. Those of you who are parents and you have more than one child, you know that every one of your kids is different. They all came from you and yet they're all different. They are all unique. And this makes parenting very challenging and at times very 
difficult because what may work for one child may not work for the other. What may be effective for one child could be a complete disaster for the other child. And to, and, and to this, the, 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 there's the challenges that come with single parenting. When either the father or the mother are missing and one of you has to raise your child by yourself without either the father or without the mother. Single parenting is a very tough job, very hard. And you're going to need God to help you. The Bible warns us to be careful about how we go about teaching and training our children. We already know that it is up to us to train and teach and model for our kids what it means to follow God. It begins with us. When our kids do well, it is appropriate for us to encourage them and to celebrate them. Listen to what it says here in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. I'm going to read out of the Good News Translation first. It says this. These are Solomon's Proverbs. Wise children make their fathers proud of them. When our kids do good, man, it's a good thing for you as a parent to show and to demonstrate and to let them know, make it a point to let them know that you are proud of them. Proverbs 10 verse 1, same verse and the New International Version says this, a wise son brings joy to his father. Listen, when our kids do well, it should make us proud and demonstrate that, that, that proudness. And it should give us joy. It should give us, make us happy. For example, if your son or daughter recently graduated, that is a reason to celebrate, a reason to rejoice, a reason to be proud of your child for their hard work and for their achievements. It's so, it, it's so important for you to show joy over their achievements. If possible, it would be even appropriate, depending on their age, to bless your son or daughter with a gift or a reward for their accomplishments. They put in the work. They completed that, that goal. They got, they graduated and now you get to celebrate and be proud of them. However, the Bible is very clear that when our kids do wrong, it is our responsibility to correct our kids, to discipline them in some way. In other, in other words, they will not receive a gift, but instead they will receive a spanking or some other type of discipline. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24 says this. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 15 says this. A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom. But a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. Listen, I'm telling you straight up. Spanking is fine as long as you do it with an open hand. As long as you spank them with reasonable force and with an open hand, spanking is perfectly fine. You can even talk to the police officers. It's when we get carried away, of course, or with a closed fist, then that's out of line. Then you, then you broke the bond. Then, then that's not acceptable. You cannot be doing stuff like that. But our children have to be disciplined in some way, shape, or form. Some of you don't believe in spanking, but you better establish some type of discipline and let your kids know when they do wrong, they need to be no, they need to know that they did wrong. Otherwise, you're going to actually cause them damage. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 5 through 11 says this, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement? 
that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one, the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. But let's go back to our scripture for tonight. In Colossians 3.21, it says this, Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Here is a million-dollar question. How do we as parents know how to properly discipline our children. If we discipline them too harshly, the Bible tells us that instead of helping them, we will harm them by breaking their spirit and they will be discouraged. We'll discourage them. But at the same time, if we're too lenient or don't discipline them at all or don't have the courage to correct them, it will ruin them and lead to their disgrace and lead to their failure. It will lead to causing you shame and hurt and pain as parents. No one that I have ever known has ever celebrated or rejoiced when their child is arrested or when they're in a gang or when they're overdosing on dope. I have never seen a parent celebrating that. Never. And unfortunately, if we don't correct our kids at the right time in the right way, that's exactly what's going to happen. And here's where you and I and all of us who are parents need to realize how important it is for us to call on the Holy Spirit to give us the discernment and the wisdom that we need to correct our kids or to know how to deal with our kids. We need for God to help us to know when to be strong and firm with our child and when we need for God to help us to know when to be gentle and loving and compassionate towards our child. Even when they have done something wrong, we have to discern and ask God, God, help me to know what the right way of disciplining is for my child right now at this moment. What does my child need? Does my child need for me to be strong and firm or does my child need for me to be compassionate and gentle and loving? Listen, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this so many times when a child deserved to be spanked because they did something that was terrible. It was wrong. And the parents discerned that what their child needed at that moment was not a spanking, but an embrace and a hug. And do you know that I've seen that child, because of that embrace and that hug, break down and start weeping like a little baby? Because they know that they did wrong. They feel shame and they feel guilt and they know that they should be spanked and they know that they should be disciplined and Somehow the parents were able to discern with the help of the Holy Spirit that what their child needed at that moment was a hug, even though they deserved a spanking. Then there's going to be other times when the Holy Spirit says, you got to spank them. You got to let them know that what they did 
was wrong. And the only one that can help you to know the difference as to what to do at any particular time is the Holy Spirit. You gotta cry out to God. You gotta be connected to God. If you're not praying, if you're not seeking the Lord, if you're disconnected, if you're all caught up in the world and your mind is not right with God and you're all discombobulated because you're not walking with God, you're not gonna know what to do. As a parent, you are not gonna know what to do because you're not connected to the Holy Spirit. But believe me, if you are a man of God and a woman of God and a parent that loves the church and goes to church and you're praying and you're seeking the face of God, God is going to help you to parent your children. And the only one that can help us to know the difference is God. The only one that can help us to know what to do is God. The only one that can help us to do the right thing at the right moment, at the right time, on the right situation is God. And it gets even more complicated because the type of discipline that works for one of your kids may not work for the other. Every one of our kids is wired differently. Every one of our kids is fearfully and wonderfully made. Every one of our kids is unique and special. And it is a riddle and a puzzle trying to figure out how to effectively reach and minister to their hearts. And whatever the case, you and I, we are going to need God's help. That's why we need to call on the Holy Spirit to help us to parent our kids properly. I want to share this testimony from Mel Wilson. But in James chapter 1 verse 5, so go ahead and get that set up. It says if, in James chapter 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You need to know what to do? Call on God. Call on God and he'll help you. Watch this video that I asked our brother Mel Wilson to share with us here tonight, okay? Let's go ahead and watch it. Pastor Jerry asked me to give you a short message about uh, single parenting. Many of you may not know that I was raised by my mother and my grandmother. I never knew my father. And as a young man, as a teenager, I was a pretty angry kid. Uh, Even though I had the great love of my mother and the unconditional love of my grandmother, I felt like a poor kid that was angry. Most of my friends had parents. They had moms and dads, and I didn't. And I felt abandoned at times. So I want to share with you something that may be of some value to you as a single parent. My mom ruled with an armed fist. Uh, She had the Word of God in one hand and the Holy Spirit on the other hand. And there were times when I was rebellious, didn't obey, raised my voice to her, and she wouldn't stand for it. Uh, She would uh, take a belt and spank my butt, and she would take the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues to me to bring down that devil who was coming out of me. And I will tell you something. As a parent, you have to have two things. Uh, One, you must have uh, discipline that you administer to your children. Two, you must have love. It's just like a coin. Two sides, discipline and love. You can't really have a coin that's a real coin without having two sides. And so my mom showed me unconditional love, but she also spanked my butt when I needed it. And so I want to urge you parents to be consistent. Let your kids know that you love them. As my mom would do when she was spanking me, she would say, Melvin, I only do this because I love you. And I would say, Mama, don't love me so much. That hurts. 
And so uh, there it went. At the end of the day, I turned out pretty good. I have a great family. I never knew my dad, but I had the Father God ahead of me and around me and with me. God bless you all. I hope this helps you as your parenting days go on. That awesome? That's so beautiful. I want to read a couple more scriptures and then we're going to finish, okay? He talked about speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, okay? I can't tell you how many times I've heard parents tell me that the Holy Spirit would wake them up at night and they would start praying in tongues for their kids, speaking in tongues. They didn't know why. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know the issue, but they started praying in tongues. And God would intervene to help protect their kids. Let me just read this to you in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Listen, I want to encourage you, if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, with speaking in tongues, you need to seek that gift, okay? It's not required for salvation. You, you don't, that's not something that you need to be saved. No, no, no. But it's a gift that God gives us to be able to pray and to cry out to him, to, to help us when we don't know what to do. And believe me, as a parent, there's going to be many times in your life that, where you're not going to know what to do. Because you're going to be in a crisis situation. You're going to be in an overwhelming, scary situation. You're not going to know what to do. Even for those of us that are dedicated Christians, sometimes we get into things that we just don't know what to do. And man, when you begin to speak in tongues and pray in the Holy Spirit, God will do some amazing things for you. The last scripture that I want to read is in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Listen to what it says here. Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. Listen to this. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire to ha- it desires to have you. But you must master it. Now listen to this. This is Cain and Abel. Somehow, some way, God the Father, we're talking about God the Creator, was speaking to Cain directly. I don't know if God appeared to him in the flesh or if God appeared to him just in his mind. I'm not sure. The Bible does not say how it is that God was communicating with Cain. But God as our Heavenly Father, was communicating with Cain as his son, as his creation, and saying, Cain, you got to get a hold of yourself. you got to do what's right in this situation. you got to master this emotion, this anger, this frustration, this hurt, this pain in your soul. You gotta, don't let that get you all messed up. Trust in the Lord. Don't let the situations around you get you all messed up. Trust in the Lord. Do what is right. And things will be good for you. 
Sadly, unfortunately, if you read on, we discover Cain did not listen to God. He ended up murdering his own brother, killed his own brother. And Cain sadly had to pay some very serious consequences for his disobedience. What is my point? My point is this. Parents, even God, even God as a heavenly father does his best to try to teach us what is right. You do the best that you can, parents, to teach your kids what is right. We have to pray that they will listen. We have to pray that they will obey. We have to pray that they will choose of their own free will to do what is right. That is what we have to do as parents. Sometimes our kids do what's right, and sometimes they don't. But you as a parent have to know in your heart that you did the best you could to try to teach and to train and to mentor and to be an example of what it means to be a man of God or a woman of God to your kids. And then the rest, we have to leave it in the hands of God. We have to trust Him with our children. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, parenting is a hard job. It's a tough, tough job. Our responsibility as parents is to do the best that we can to know in our hearts that we have done the best that we can to we have given the best effort to try to teach and train and mentor our kids in the ways of God. And then in the end, Lord, we have to trust you. We have to believe and leave them in your hands as we do the best that we can to show our kids your ways. Bless those parents that are out there struggling, that are hurting, that are seeing their kids making bad decisions, seeing their kids getting involved with things that are not of God, that are dangerous for them. Be with those parents. Help them not to give up on those kids, Lord God, to keep praying, to keep seeking, to keep crying out to you, to learn to pray in the Spirit, Lord God, to speak in tongues and pray in tongues over their kids, Lord, daily. If you're listening to me right now and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If you want to receive the Lord right now, if you want God to help you to navigate and to give you direction and most of all, to forgive you of your sin and escort you personally to heaven, then you say this prayer with me right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I recognize that I am a sinner and that I need salvation. And tonight, I willingly open the door to my heart. I ask you, Jesus, to come in. Take over my life. I want to be your child, a child of God. And I want you to be my father that will teach me what is right and what is wrong and how to live a life that is successful and joyful and long. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, I pray for all those parents out there. They're doing the best that they can to teach their kids and to show their kids and to mentor their kids. For those that whose kids are doing well and they're successful, and they're doing what is right, we rejoice and we celebrate with them. But for those parents that are out there that are hurting, that are discouraged, that are scared and traumatized, and that are, ha, 
whose kids are totally out of control. Father, we pray for them and we pray with them, Lord God, that you, by the power of your spirit, Lord, they are not too strong for you. They are not more powerful than you. Your spirit, Lord God, can grab a hold of them wherever they may be, whatever they may be doing. Your spirit is powerful enough to grab hold of them and bring them back, Lord. And that's what we pray, Lord. We join together in prayer with these parents that are scared and that are struggling for their kids. And we pray together and we join together in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to claim these kids for you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church. Thank you so much for joining us. Lord willing, we'll see each other on Sunday. Those of you that can, please come on out. Get back into going to church. Bring your kids. Help. We're going to just celebrate Jesus together, okay? God bless your church. Amen.